being a one-man band um, at the moment is just, you know, I'm doing it all, but it's like I love doing all of it because I love the sport so much. Welcome to the Corner Booth, where conversation is on the house and everybody has a story to tell. It's one thing to launch a brand from nothing and to attach your name and reputation to a product that's homegrown and from the heart. The script flips a little bit, however, when the effort is placed upon resurrecting a once beloved IP that time and progress perhaps is forgotten about. It's not a task for just anyone. But then again, Jib Hunt isn't just anyone. He's a professional snowboarder, illustrator, graphic designer, and entrepreneur that was figuring out how to turn brands into bucks at an age when most of us were still figuring out how to open a beer. In the late 80s, early 90s, Kemper Snowboards was the pinnacle of a burgeoning sport, art form, and industry. And then like that, they disappeared. 20-some years later, one of the sport's pioneers, Jib Hunt, has resurrected the brand that meant so much to so many. And as its pilot, he has plotted a course destined for greater success than founder David Kemper could have ever imagined. It's a Snow White success story. And the impresario behind it all is here to chat with us today. So slap on your snowshoes and let's see that ski mask. Because we're talking with pro snowboarder and business aficionado Jib Hunt right now in the corner booth. By the time you started college, you were already a professional snowboarder. How exciting is that when you're 18 or 19 years old? Uh, it's super fun. It was, I mean, one of the great things about it was obviously representing some cool brands and getting your snowboard product for free uh, head to toe and then especially when you move into the pro leagues you're actually making money doing it you're getting checks every month and getting travel budgets to go um, do photo shoots and pay for contests and then even when you're winning those contests you're winning money so as a young kid I mean snowboarding at its root has always been fun for me um, since the first day I tried it but yeah being sponsored and traveling and just the the competing element and the friends you make, it's super fun. What was it about snowboarding that called out to you? Where did the obsession begin? So I grew up in a ski town. I grew up in North Conway, New Hampshire, and my mother worked at the local ski area called Cranmore, and she ran the ski school there. So uh, when I was three, I started skiing, and I was up there every single weekend. And by the time I was 12, uh, my friends and I, we had hit every jump and pushed the limits with skiing and we'd always be skateboarding in the summer and when we found out about snowboarding we're like we got to give this a try you know skiing this was pre short skis and twin tip skis so the skis were long and thin and just because we were skaters in the summer we're like the natural progression was snowboarding and we all got snowboards and then we all just pushed each other and we all got really good really fast now, you studied graphic design and illustration. Where did that first lead you after school? Because I was in the snowboard industry and competing and had sponsors, I was 
going to Plymouth State College as a design student. At the same time, I was coaching at Mount Hood in the summertime. And because of having those connections with the industry, I was uh, very lucky to get an internship during uh, the summertime up at Burton Snowboards in Burlington. And I, um, that just moved right into a full-time job. Um, so I had, I had that lined up, packed up my bags from college, went right to Burlington and I was there for five years. And ultimately I was the design director for all the soft goods at Burton. Now in the late eighties, early nineties, Kemper snowboards were everywhere. And then in 1994, they just sort of disappeared. What was the story behind the brand and where did they go? <clears throat> Excuse me, David Kemper, he had started the brand um, in the mid-80s, uh, late-80s, and he had uh, actually sold the brand to a uh, windsurfing company on the West Coast, and they wanted to round out uh, a year, year-round year business with snowboard brand. So they took that on. And so he had sold it, and that company actually put out the 88, 89 90, 91, uh, multiple years of boards that most people know. And then in the, in around 92, 93, it got sold to a, a company on the East Coast. And there are other, other brands that um, were brought into that company. And the company was just having problems. And by the end of the day, they were shipping boards to Costco super cheap. And then they just completely just shut down Kemper and eventually the parent company went out of business as well. When did you decide to get involved then? So I got involved, uh, what is it? We're in April, 2019, back in March, 2018, I'd been doing a lot of research and I was able to get the trademark. So a good 20 plus years after the company had been out of business, I decided it was a good idea to bring it back and try to shake up the industry a little bit with a nostalgia brand. As an entrepreneur, what were some of the unique challenges to relaunching a beloved nostalgia brand versus starting up a brand from scratch? Because you've done both. Starting a brand from scratch is, is not easy typically to do it right. You need a lot of money behind you, a lot of resources, or or you're just super lucky and you're just, you know, you're you got your finger on the pulse and the product you put out is is right on the money and everyone's into it and sells like hotcakes. Uh, going the nostalgia brand where everyone remembered the brand, my second board I ever bought was a Kemper. Um, everyone from that generation knew the brand. So that was, um, that, that was a demographic. And even more importantly, there was a very large group of snowboarders across the world who are collectors of vintage snowboards. So there's definitely a market out for those older brands. So that for sure definitely helped um, being able to bring back Kemper and 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 uh, have an audience for it. But the important part of that was making sure that the brand came back in an authentic way. Um, I used, uh, recreated all the original graphics and put them on new shapes. Even some of the shapes, um, we made molds that were based on the original shapes, like the Kemper Flight um, has a unique shape. So just bringing it back so that it looked exactly uh, like the brand did back in the day, that was what really brought on authenticity to the brand and what was became really receptive 
to the older generation. And then on the flip side of that, the younger generation are, you know, the whole retro neon vibe is, is in these days. So they are being receptive to it as well. So really it was, the timing was great and just making sure that I kept it authentic. That was, that was part of the key of making it launch correctly. You mentioned that there was an inbuilt fan base for Kemper Snowboards and that part of the appeal was the design element. But what else contributes to the Kemper difference? What makes a Kemper Snowboard a superior snowboard? There's a lot of good snowboards out there. Um, I wouldn't say Kemper is a superior snowboard. I would definitely say that Kemper, the quality of the product is top tier along with a lot of the other top tier brands. So the factory I'm using, they produce for for a lot of the other uh, well-known quality brands. So that, uh, and a lot of people actually know the factory. So that put me on the stage or that was a platform for me to put out a product that was uh, high quality, uh, had a great, had great integrity within the industry and was a product that could stand up against all the other brands who I'm competing with for, for a customer base. You're a professional snowboarder, designer, and marketer. Which one of those personas do you identify with most? Ooh, that one's a tricky one. Um, it depends on what time of day it is. Right. <laughs> Which one do I, I would say, I mean, I'm a snowboarder first. If I, if I had to do if I had to pick a profession, I could do the same thing every single day and, and not do anything else. It'd be snowboarding. So I, w- I would pick that one for sure. Um, not even the professional part, just being able to snowboard every day um, would be the ultimate dream. Um, but yeah, the mark, the design, being creative and, and doing, coming up with, you know, graphics and new designs and creative ways to market the brand. I mean, that all, it all kind of ties together. I mean, that's, Knowing who your audience is, knowing what snowboarders want, it all is interconnected, and it's that's what makes it that makes me super passionate about all of it. And being a one-man band um, at the moment is just you know I'm doing it all, but it's like I love doing all of it because I love the sport so much. And you're still active as a competitor, correct? No, not not active as a competitor. Um, in in that, not at a uh, professional level as I was 20 years ago. There are there are some um, washed up former pro snowboard events. There's a lot of bank slaloms going on these days, where which are great events. I wish we had them back when we were younger because what it allows is it's an event that pretty much allows intermediate amateur pro uh, snowboarders to enter the contest against people of the same um, ability and it's it's not slope style it's not half pipe it's all about using your speed and and banking turns and having a lot of fun so those are the type of events i've been competing in i, I did do a half pipe and bank slalom event there was slope style which i didn't compete in um at the vt open up at stratton about a month ago but um yeah it's more for fun now and i just want to expose the brand as well um but yeah there's still some competitions but it's uh it's more for fun you know kemper is set to expand into australia soon what's the situation there and how did you find your way into the australian market 
it's all it's all about the marketing I've been doing. I I do a majority of my marketing on Instagram and it's global and the guys in, at Rhythm Snowboards in Australia were very interested and they they're right there down um, right in the mountains and um, they remembered the brand and they wanted they wanted something cool and fun to bring in to sell and also to add to their demo fleet for all the riders down there and yeah they they reached out to me we've been in contact and it's great we're opening up uh, Australia which is uh, super cool and and they're a great partner to work with. And Kemper wasn't your first crack at running your own business. What are some of the other ventures you got up and running prior to resurrecting Kemper Snowboards? After Burton, I shortly helped launch Virgin Mobile USA when it came over from the UK, uh, launched here in the US. Um, I did that. And then about a year of doing that, I went back. I went into working for myself where I was doing design and marketing consulting for uh, a lot of outdoor action sport brands such as Heli Hansen, Vans, 686, Rusty, uh, Neff. So I was doing still a lot of clothing design, but also um, marketing as well. I did that for about five years. Part of that also was I was doing a lot of vector illustration work for a lot of advertising agencies for big clients of theirs like Miller Lite, Citibank, um, Mini Cooper. So for five years, I was doing, uh, it was more like a creative marketing agency. And then after that, um, I worked for a couple apparel brands. I had some partners on a licensed collegiate sports sportswear brand. So that was running my own business. And basically since then, I had been uh, running digital marketing and global marketing for um, advertising technology companies in the past couple of years, which I'm still involved with at the moment while I'm ramping up Kemper. You know, once you committed to the relaunch, what steps had to be taken to market the brand? How did you let people know Kemper was back? And what kind of response did you receive from the snowboarding community? So I, I went all in on Instagram. And the, the one thing about Kemper was there were so many older images and even photographers who are on Instagram who were posting a lot of vintage photos, you know, reposting some of their images and obviously crediting them. They were out there. So when I put together the page, at first people were like, oh, you know, someone just made a Kemper page and they're collecting as many images as possible. But then, so I, I got a good following there. But then when I started to tease out actually photos of um, samples of the new reissue boards then it started to i got more followers um more and more followers and then i just from my marketing background i know all the tactics and techniques of, of how to grow followers on facebook and instagram so within a year i went from zero to um at 12 and a half thousand followers right now and they're all snowboarders how important is marketing to a fledgling brand or a brand like Kemper that's being relaunched for the first time in 20 years? I mean, I think marketing's super important for, for every brand. Um, there's different types of marketing, but you got to get the word out. I, if you don't, you could have the best product in the world, best pricing, best packaging, branding, but if no one knows about it, 
um, it's not going to help you. So getting the word out and, and um, having the right people support it and, and having the right um, team riders. Like, for example, I have two of the original Kemper team riders on the team who are still absolutely killing it today. Um, we have Kurt Heine and Martin Gallant. And then also uh, Kevin Jones, who is one of the top pro freestyle snowboarders uh, ever, he is also representing Kemper. So that for sure definitely helps is having the right people behind the brand because they all have Instagram and Facebook as well. And it's a lot of cross promoting and, and posting and, and their followers become Kemper followers. Yeah, I was going to ask how much credibility does it add to the Kemper brand when you have pros like that on the roster? It, it adds a lot of credibility. It's just, it's people who've been around in the industry. They just, you know, love the concept and it's like getting the band back together. And honestly, it's, it's really come together well, I think in my favor in that, you know, snowboarding, um, ski and snowboard industry as a whole, it goes up and down. Um, snowboarding has been, it's still progressing, but for the most part, it's all current day brands putting, putting out new graphics every year, younger riders. So with me coming out with this nostalgia brand and the retro colors and bringing back some of the older riders, it's, it's done very differently, um, than what people are used to. And that, that's the fun and exciting part. And I think that's the fun and exciting part for people watching the brand too. It's something different, something new. And I'm trying to keep it super fun. And and not to sound corny, but there's, there's a level of, let's call it street cred there because of the Kemper dynasty. Yes, for sure. Lots of street cred. I mean, they, they're back in the day, they had like the best, they were like the underrated pro team. Like if you look at all the photos and the tricks they were doing back in the day, I mean, they were blown away what the guys on the Burton team were collectively. I mean, Burton for sure was, they had a, a great team, but like right, like the late eighties, early nineties, like I would say Kemper really paved the way for freestyle and the tweaked out tricks that like Andy Hetzel was doing and Kurt Heine and Martin and, and, you know, Mike Bassich and Tina Bassich, they were like just killing it. And then I think, you know, the Burton roster, you know, Craig Kelly, Brushy, all those guys um, started, you know, they were right there too. But I, I would say that Kemper really was really pushing the limits and they didn't get a lot of the credit for it. And, you know, that was too bad, but you know, now I'm, exposing it and even when people are looking at those tricks and photos today they're like man like how the hell did they do those tricks they were just you know they're really progressing and i think that's also i I like to think of that as street cred too is that they they were one of the best snowboard teams collectively at that period in time well that's why i wanted to put an emphasis on that without necessarily sounding like i was blowing smoke but Kemper really was a pioneering brand in what was a brand new sport. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's that's why so many people remember. I mean, the colors also. I mean, the neon colors for sure. Um, and and even you know the apparel and everything. It, it was it was like day glow all day long. Um, but yeah, it was it was. Um, they had cool shapes. They had funky graphics. They were cool back then. 
Um, they had a great team. And yeah, they were, I mean, back then it was like legitimately the teams were Sims, Burton and Kemper were like, you know, the three brands of like the super teams. So yeah, it's, um, I'd say, you know, Burton and Sims went on, kept going and they were like one and two going neck and neck. But if Kemper had still kept going the way it was going in a positive direction, it would have been a top three, but you know, they, they went out and it was really Sims and Burton for a while pushing the limits. Tell me a little bit about how Kemper's affiliate program works for customers. So yeah, we do, um, part of for me to jumpstart the brand, especially last year, I, I really got things going in the middle of the summer. I was all the stores and retailers had a long, uh, many months before made all their purchases. So I started off doing the direct to consumer route to selling a lot off the website. Again, I'm just taking this different approach of taking my digital marketing background and, and, and with that, um, hat on using as many of those type of um, strategies and tactics to help promote the brand. The affiliate marketing one, it's just another way. It just, people can sign, anyone can sign up for it. They get a discount code or they get a unique link. And when they share and promote the brand, they actually make money off the sale from that link. So, you know, it's not anything new. Many, many brands use it. It's just, um, another way um, for a small company like myself to promote the brand and for some, you know, motivated people to go out and make some extra money. Sounds like Kemper's back on top again. What's next for the brand? So next year, going into the 2019-20 uh, season, we there's going to be 16 different graphics and models available. The cool thing with Kemper is all the graphics are old, so I don't need to retire graphics. I'm going in order from the years um, back in, starting with the late 80s. I'm putting out the graphics, so now it's totaled up to 16. Um, so we we're have new shapes, um, new powder shapes. We have boards with shark bite, which is um, technology, and, and the edges and side walls for um, grabbing the snow when you're coming in and out of a turn, um, all, new graphics. We have pro models. We have Kevin Jones, Martin Gallant, and Kurt Heine pro models coming out. Those are brand new, unique graphics, um, custom to what they wanted. We're going to be doing some more collaborations with other brands. Uh, so you might see um, Gl- Kemper gloves and goggles out there, co-branded by other brands. Uh, we're looking into possibly doing things with boot and binding companies. Um, and even apparel. So we're slowly ramping up to expand the brand, and but doing it in a smart way. You know, Jib, lots of folks who listen to the show are aspiring entrepreneurs themselves, and it's listening to stories like yours that's likely to inspire them to take the plunge and get their own gimmick going. What would be your advice to somebody out there that maybe just needs a little nudge forward when it comes to making their dream a reality? Yeah, so I've I've done it a couple different ways throughout the years and and the one thing that I've I've learned is that it can be you can put yourself out of business quickly if you if you dive in. Uh, let's say you quit your day job and you you go all out on your new venture. Um unless you have like a a pile of money saved and it can carry you for a number of months or a year. 
my what I've learned is a safer way to do it, and it's it's a more tiring way. Is that put in the hours? You know, you're basically working two jobs. You have your day job, and then you have your your um, side project, and that means you know, in my case, I have three young kids. I'm coming home from the day job, hanging out, having dinner, doing homework getting them to bed and then it's like the second job starts at like 9 30 at night and that means i'm up till midnight one o'clock many nights to get it done but it's i'm slowly growing the brand while not being all in financially and you know as they say tipping the scales i think that's just a great way to do it because if it doesn't work at least you tried but you're not going to be scrambling for you know paying the bills and and feeding yourself and your family um i'd say take it slow try to ramp up to where you can replace your income opposed to diving in because you never know and you'll you'll make mistakes and just try to not get stressed about those mistakes get focused on how you're gonna make it better or, or fix them and do it better next time and by the way you're a good interviewer Yo, vip You get a little jaded doing what I do. You want to be best friends with all the people you chat with. I'll never be best friends with Jib Hunt, but it's still so good to know him. He's the kind of man you can admire and trust and genuinely want to follow in the footsteps of. It doesn't matter if snowboarding ain't your thing. It isn't about your thing. It's about the thing. It's about finding what you're passionate about and chasing that until it no longer has a corner to cower in. I couldn't do what Jib Hunt does. Neither can you. But there's 99% of people out there who can't do what you do either. So what's stopping you? If you want to be on the bleeding edge of what's going on in snowboard culture today, Come on, head over to Kemper-Snowboards.com, get with the program, or check them out at at Kemper Snowboards on Instagram for regular updates on what that old brand is doing to resurface the face of the industry moving forward. I want to thank Jib Hunt for hanging out with me today, for giving me a history lesson, and also letting me know where the sport and industry is headed in the future. I want to thank you for sitting by my side too. There's always room for you. Your spot is reserved. And we'll see you next time, right here in the corner booth. Last call, everybody. I don't remember what I did.